Adventure Required, let's go camping. Welcome to Adventure Required, where Ty and Graham lead you on an epic journey of expedition planning, prepping, and executing. Join us every week-ish to learn about camping styles, setups, tricks and tips, gear reviews, and interviews with seasoned adventurers. We want to help you learn from our mistakes, successes, and show you what works for us to help make your adventure possible. We want to teach you that you don't need the shiniest rigs or the nicest equipment to have fun, only the willingness to explore. Hi, I'm Ty. And I'm Graham. Let's go camping. Welcome everybody to another Ask Someone semi-knowledgeable episode. We're going to be talking about furnaces today, especially diesel heaters or diesel furnace, diesel forced air heaters. Uh, We're not going to be touching on... um, propane ones just the diesel heaters you would get from china because the wabasto and the s-bar ones are extremely expensive don't need the shiniest rigs or the fanciest equipment but just got a decent heater is pretty good <laughs> <laughs> so graham you've had uh, one of these heaters for a while um why don't you tell us a little about it, a little bit about it so um yeah i bought it from a friend of ours like i said um and uh it's pretty, it's pretty self-explanatory, really. Um, we just plumb it into the tent with a three-inch duct, and it works really well. Uh, the really nice thing that I, or the one nice thing that I like about it is um, it has a remote. Uh, the downside is that it's from China, and uh, it's not in English. Oh, it speaks so Mandarin the, to you. Yeah, it does. That's <laughs> legit. You hit the button to turn it on, and it's a it tells you what it's doing, but it's in Chinese or Mandarin or Cantonese, maybe. Mm. So that's uh, annoying. Plus, then the readout is all in the same thing. So you, you don't know what it's saying or what it is. You kind of know by the numbers. but And then just been playing around with it, just trying to figure it out. So the downside is that the remote doesn't have the display. The display is in the case. And um, so when you're in the tent, you have to remember what setting you had it on in order to use the remote to change that setting mm. because it tells you what it's changing to. But unless you speak Cantonese, it's useless. Oh yeah. So, well, I guess for anybody who doesn't know, um, maybe we'll just kind of go over what a forced air heater is and then how this diesel one works. Sure. Do you want to do that? Yeah, sure, I guess. Go ahead. So I guess, uh, unlike a radiant heater, which would be like a Mr. Buddy, where like the actual unit has the flame and the flame itself is directly what gives you heat. The ones that kill you, yep. Yeah, that melt your tent. Melt your tent uh, and give you carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah, exactly. Like for (laughs) everybody who does that, we understand that that's where you like, but I strongly caution against it. Due mm-hmm. to burning, t- melting tents on you. I can only imagine mm-hmm. how fun that is. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. so there's two separate chambers in this thing. It's about like a foot cubed, basically. But uh, so that there's an intake, a combustion intake, and a combustion exhaust, and a fresh intake, and a fresh exhaust. Basically, what we're doing is uh, you're taking air in, combusting it, and then flowing it over heating fins or fins, and then blowing it out the exhaust. 
at the same time air over yeah. the heating fins well yeah but like yeah and then at the same time <laughs> you're also taking intake fresh intake air and blowing it over the other side of the fins so that you're getting so the warm the pre-warmed fins are distributing heat into your clean air and not contributing to carbon monoxide. So the only way you could really ever get carbon monoxide is mm-hmm. if, if the there's a crack or in the fins. And then yeah. I know that I'm just saying, I'm saying like, I'm saying fins, but as in like a furnace would have a, like a whole tube that it would heat mm-hmm. up. Like a, sorry, a house furnace would have a big tube that it heats up and then flows air over said tube. Can I make that simpler? Yeah, sure. Um, so to do that a little bit simpler, um, when you have air going into the heater, it's getting burned with a glow plug and a fuel injector. It's getting burned. That exhaust is leaving that unit in an exhaust pipe. Secondly, there's a fan inside, or sorry, on the outside of that chamber that is pulling air across the heat, the superheated body of the combustion chamber and then out the other side. So it's combustion superheating a metal case and then a plastic case around it that has air being pulled over top of it. Yeah, so there's two complete separate systems. Two complete separate systems, yeah. Um, that being said, though, a safety precaution would be to still have a carbon monoxide detector in your tent. Because yep. uh, they you are, no. They're $30 on Amazon for a battery one, which I have as well. And uh, you can, it's got a test button on it. So every night, pretty much when we, when I fire up the furnace, I just jump in there and grab the detector, hit the test, make sure it works, and uh, toss it in there on the floor. Is the other thing on on the on your mattress, not hanging from the roof of the tent. No, it needs to be low. So yeah. So uh, that's how they work. Um, we know that they come in about three separate sizes, from what we can see based on our research. So. Yeah, three kW kilowatt, five kilowatt, and eight kilowatt. Um, mm-hmm. I think Graham, you have the five kilowatt. I think so. So because I bought it secondhand, I'm not totally sure. And uh, the guy bought it from can't remember either. Isn't there great documentation so, uh, and manuals? Oh, yeah. Super, super great. Super great. <laughs> if I remember correctly, in my research, the 5 and the 8 are the same size, like the same body size. Oh, and the 3 injectors. is the small one. Oh. Yeah, I think. So the 3 actually is physically much smaller than the five and the eight i think but you just bought one too so we'll see what yours what size yours is because you bought the eight right yeah i bought one for a friend of mine and it's an eight kilowatt but it's also the the fat one so um just before we get onto the form factors there's also different size fuel tanks you can get built into them and uh so there's like a tall form factor this is all what we can tell from our maybe a little bit of research but, and uh, you can switch, you can interchange the tanks too. Like some of them are the exact same heater, but they just come with the bigger tank or the smaller tank. Yeah. So it's also, so I guess it'd be good to see, 
don't be blind to how much tank you're buying as well because like there's five yeah. liters and 10 liters and we've found on a cold night you're going to burn about five liters i think on a semi-decent setting yeah so i realized then that mine is actually a five liter tank and our last episode there when we talked about camp uh, winter camping or i guess it was uh not last episode it was season one episode one um i burned through pretty much my whole tank so if that's five liters i burnt probably about four and a half in one night at minus 15 yeah so it's kind of definitely um a reason to go with the 10 yeah but or, that being said how often are you going camping in minus 10 or just get up in the middle of the night and fill it yeah nobody um, wants to do that i did that once it's awful yeah so there's like two from what we can tell there's almost like three form factors you can buy like the combustion chamber and all the parts separate mm-hmm. or you can buy them all in like a nice little box for uh, or like it's like a pre prefabbed pre-manufactured case it's all uh, done yeah already for you yeah and then there's kind of two sizes on those like a fat one with a 10 liter tank and a tall yeah. one with a five liter with tank five liter. i think mm-hmm. that's yeah i'm pretty sure because i'm pretty sure that's mine yeah. mine came in it's a really tall skinny case that's super floppy and the exhaust pipe sticks out by three feet mm-hmm. and it's super annoying to throw in the back of the truck so i de- deconstructed it yeah so that brings us to another thing case. is uh yeah why don't you tell us about your pelican case build and then that'll lead us into the external tank sure Pelican case, um, it's actually not a Pelican case. It's the cheapy uh, Princess Auto wheeled um, waterproof, shockproof case. Basically, Pelican knockoff. Um, I made sure that it fit in there. It's mounted sideways. I made a template, drilled all the holes for the mounting plate and then the intake and the exhaust for the combustion chamber there at the back. Ran my pipes out. For the first gen of this build um it's very much hacked together because uh there's you make a lot of mistakes doing it for the first time and not quite knowing where stuff needs to go so i pretty much put the uh fuel tank was designed to be outside because we were planning on using an external tank which we'll talk about in a minute so for now it's just mounted on the inside and actually it fit perfectly and uh it just runs um inside the case itself and then the fuel pump is mounted to the inside of the case as well and the control panel is mounted on the lid on the inside so when you have it up on the truck toolbox i uh you can lift up the lid of the case and then you can see the display you don't have to like pull the case down to look at it which i thought was pretty smart pretty smart indeed So the original plan with the external tanks was then inside this case, there would be room to coil up the duct hose and then just everything is inside that tank. All you gotta do is hook up a fuel line from your external tank and away you go. So So, external um, tanks. Yeah. Tell us about what your game plan is. You were just showing me a fun little pickup tube that only nerds would be excited about. So I got this fun little pickup tube that is the exact same, or I think it's the right size anyways. They sell it as, this has a Webasto part number on it, or it did when I bought it. It doesn't actually have it on the thing. 
Um, so as far as I know, it's a genuine Webasto sending unit for, or sorry, a pickup tube for these heaters. And in so, terms of um, all these mods, what kind of fuel line are you using? You said, you said it was three mil, right? Or three and a half mil? It is three and a half mil, three mil inside diameter, four and a half mil outside diameter. Interesting. So it's so you, very how, odd sized. I had to go to four or five different suppliers to try and find one. And I didn't get enough of it. <laughs> so you got, I got you, like six feet, but it's so you got this enough. Pelican or this quotes and quotes Pelican case mm-hmm. furnace inside holes drilled on the side for the ducts. And mm-hmm. then, um, so yeah, one side, one actual side of the case is intake. And then one is the outlet for the air itself. Um, and then I had mounted a flange on the outside that you could just hook the duct onto and tighten the hose clamp down and ran the tank or ran the heater for about 15 minutes and was like, man, there's this like a burning smell inside the tent. Like it smells like plastic melting. Like what's going on? Checked everything. Couldn't see anything. Pulled the duct off and my flange had like melted down and shriveled up into nothing. That's and it's good. like thick PVC plastic, like a, <laughs> like a vent dryer vent flange. Really? So that didn't work. Yeah. Don't know. You get a metal one. Very hot. So metal, definitely metal. So you got your Pelican case with your furnace in it, ducts on either side for mm-hmm. the uh, for the fresh, clean air going to and from the tent. And mm-hmm. then um, I know you, noticed you used those uh, hose clamps, but they have like thumb screws on the end because you don't very oh, yeah. so tight, thought, right? Those are mint. Yeah, so then those, yeah, so you don't have to use a screwdriver. You can just use them, use them by hand. Yeah, I got a set of those clamps by hand as well. Yeah, perfect. So then from there, um, you're addressing... So that system's now like mint, but you wanted mm-hmm. to address the fuel issue over a longer duration of time and potentially being able to run it longer than one night without having to fill it. Mm-hmm. So you were going to have a jerry can and put the spout in the jerry can mm-hmm. or some sort of external fuel tank. The jerry can's just easy because like, it's relatively inexpensive. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, you had this special I have about line. six of them sitting in the shop. So oh, just a if few. I drill a hole in one, <laughs> then it's not not the end of the world. So, uh, and then what about, um, are you able to get fuel up all that line? Because I assume you put like potentially like 10 feet a lot of hose in there. So that's that's the hard part or the part that I'm, ha- I'm struggling to figure out because the just in having my heater apart and all that fuel drained and then fresh line just in the in the space that is the tank it took forever to for that little pulse width modulated pump to move any amount of fuel because it's not very good at sucking fuel it's better at pushing it so once it's to the pump then it can push it through into the heater that being said, for anybody that doesn't know what a pulse width modulated pump is, it's ticking on and off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. That's it. It's not a constant 12 volts and it just runs. So it makes it very difficult to bleed air. Mm. So I that's, can... I think, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I wonder if you could get like, I know you're probably looking at small, I'm not sure what your random hose or random fuel line would be but like getting a ball and then having like some sort of quick connect that you can pump 
fuel to the ball or pump fuel with the ball. Yeah, like a up to the quick primer bulb. Yeah. Yeah. And then so or like one on the back of, of a boat. Yeah. And so they don't make those ones big enough. I've looked at those. I think the smallest they make is quarter. Oh, so they don't make and them then small the, enough. They don't make them small enough. But then the ones that they make for chainsaws are like five sixteenths or something stupid small. Too small. Mm. So there isn't one that I've found so far right in the middle, but I haven't looked terribly hard yet. So I wonder if it would be worth so like sure just putting one. a ball valve in there or something. Like once you've like if mm-hmm. you could have it lower than the tank. You know what I mean? And then just use like a ball valve to like get it to the start only, to siphon or like So the only trouble on with those is that those have to be um closer to the pump, right? Because they pull fuel up to the ball. The ball valve just to shut it off so it doesn't drain back. So you can like mm-hmm. close it while you're pumping. Or do they? Or just ball. Like with those primer uh, bulbs, would they, if you just kept pushing one of those primer bulbs, would, would it cycle off. fuel all the way through though? And not keep pushing it? Yep. 100%. You have oh, check valves in them. Yeah, I guess I was thinking that they would drain back as soon as you let it, as soon as it got up to that point, but I guess not. No, no that doesn't make sense. I believe they have check valves, yeah. Well, so maybe that would work. Because hmm. then I could, if I mounted it on the outside of the headache rack where I was originally, so my original plan was to put the fuel tank on the passenger side of the truck in my toolbox, because that's where it fits really nicely and that's where it is all the time anyways. So I would run a fuel line on the inside of the toolbox out the driver's side and then mount a primer bulb or a shutoff switch and a quick connect. So then when you put the heater up on the toolbox on the driver's side, because that's the way the intake and exhaust are set up, and then it's out of the entrance of the tent and it's quieter, the fuel line then you could just plug it in right there at the headache rack, hit the primer bulb, get it to prime up to the pump, and away you go, Bob's your uncle. I wonder if you even might want to do it, like put the female checked side in on the diesel heater, so that always has fuel. But then as you, then you leave your other one open, what so that mean? you can prime up to it and then click it together. As it's already, oh yeah, all the air is already out of it. And so the yeah, only air so you're putting into the system is the one from the quick connect. My thought would be doing two. So put mm. one at the quick connect on the truck. So then the jerry can to that connection is always full of fuel. Uh, and then yeah. have one in the in the case on oh no, you can't have it on that side of the, it would have to be just to the pump. You can't have it on the heater side of the pump, because then the pump would be pushing through a check valve unless it would be okay doing that uh well it would be open when it's connected so yeah probably you're good it might be fine well so maybe i do just do that mount the little primer bulb on the outside of the case mm-hmm. close to the close to where it goes into the heater uh oh yeah do that because yep. then it's it'll although it, unless it can't suck fuel through probably the pump, probably not probably as efficient work. no so then it's just a matter of running it every... Well, no, because that would be closed. That would be, be full, full of fuel, fuel anyways. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, 100%. That would work perfectly. 
put it on the ins put even one on the inside or sorry even just the one on the outside and you prime it it would have fuel at the connector and then it would push fuel all the way up to the pump and then you fire it up there would be a maybe a bit of a air bubble to get out but it would run through that no problem nice sweet problem solved problem See? solved how useful is this podcast <laughs> so po so useful at talking through our problems yeah talking through our problems now everybody else can just know all the all those 14 people so um why don't you just touch quickly on uh, how much power you used because i know you haven't really used it much in the summer yet but mm -hmm. uh how much like what kind of settings were you on in terms of like say percentage of the heater's ability at minus 10 so minus 10 it's on full um like five although fan. Uh, yeah so it's got up to 10 and then and you notice it even like every fan speed you kind of can tell that okay yeah that's actually a different speed um when we ran it last year i remember we checked it on on full so full heat and full fan and it was drawing 2.2 amps i think hmm. and uh it'll last like it lasts all night usually um the only so problem you run into is if you're parked for two days you have to yeah. find a way to charge the battery but so i think the power system side of this is probably out of scope for this podcast yeah but um yeah so power systems i mean are going to be general for everything anyways so we will yeah. do another one just on that i think agreed the only other thing that we were talking about too or we had the idea of is uh based on your power system size and using like a lead acid battery especially in the winter we've noticed that they're a little finicky on voltage so mm -hmm. putting a voltage regulator like a 12 to 12 regulator on there yep. might be a good idea just when especially when it's a critical system yeah like it's cold yeah, enough you sure. don't want it to, you don't want it to fail just because the batteries the, the voltage really sags on them when you're out in like minus 10 minus 20 and these heaters are pretty finicky like you said even to where if it sees a drop uh, just even quickly it'll shut off and then you have to go and unplug it and let it cool down and then plug mm -hmm. it back in and let it restart because it does take a couple minutes for it to fire up the glow plug and everything again. Yeah. So it's annoying in minus 10, 15 if you're already cold and you have to get out and go and do that. True enough. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I was going to say is um, from my perspective, I know you have uh, a little red Anderson, so a 50 amp Anderson on that connector or the for the electrical connector that oh, we're yeah. uh, – we at Trotter Overland and eventually required our big on uh, red connectors, but and um, we'll touch more on it in the power systems episode, but uh, using power pole connectors, which are basically like a uh, customizable Anderson and they top out at like 30 amps as well. You can get 50 amp versions, but mm -hmm. I would almost recommend going that with for somebody who doesn't already have a bunch of red 50 amp Andersons to go with uh, power pole instead just because they're hella cheaper for the money. Yeah, and the, just the nice thing with the Andersons, especially for our team, is that we can interchange power anywhere. So if you need the heater and I have it, it's already got the Anderson on it, well, then you can go and hook it up to the cable running off of your generator Yeah. or uh, vice versa or whatever, right? All of, our, all of our stuff then just plugs in together. Exactly. So like if your battery yeah. dies in the middle of the night, you're like, ah, oh, 
Ty's fifth bill still has juice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on Go rob it. Yeah. 100%. Steal some power. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, well, any other final final words on diesel furnaces? Since you're the I don't think so. I think they'll be. Uh, yeah, I think for the most part, for this this episode is probably pretty good. We kind of that's about the gist of them. Um, we'll talk more about everything else that goes into doing it, and um, I'll, we'll post some uh, photos and uh, videos of it working and how I built mine. Um, up on our Instagram adventure rec adventure dot rec. Um, and then, yeah, I think we'll just touch on them. I mean, the, they're around and they're a big part of when we camp. So yeah, just do a, about them for sure. Just do a bunch of Googling, uh, like diesel air heaters. Mm-hmm. Basically what happened is S bar and Wabasto had patents on these things and the patents went up or yeah, basically expired, expired two years yeah. ago. And as soon as they did, these guys yeah, were China ready just and released. Jumped. Yeah. But uh, just a quick touch on power requirements there. You you said you use 2.2 amps at mock chicken. Mm-hmm. And then uh, say it's like a cold night. So you could potentially be in there for like 10 hours. That's mm-hmm. like 22 amp hours of battery. And then mm-hmm. at um, like a 70%, like a 50% depth of discharge, you're doubling that number. And then say you don't have all that available to you because it's the battery's not like not able to keep itself hot with that little charge turn your fan down to five yeah but like just so everyone gets a a gist that's 44 amp hour battery and like a typical dedicated car battery is 90 amps when it's brand new Mm -hmm. 90 amp hours so you're gonna basically gonna be able to get um one night at mock chicken out of this thing you could probably swing two on a lower fan setting but i would if you're building your system, I would budget your power wise to drain that battery fully every night. Hmm. So you have, yeah, that way you're not thought. hurting. Yeah. And but, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And then to be able to charge it up fully though, the next day. Yeah. But that's the power the system side. Yeah, I'm just saying sure. in terms of fur- furnaces, <laughs> budget, budget for the whole battery to be gone, especially yeah. if it's a lead acid and cold. But, but that uh, all just comes back to the power systems because even if you don't necessarily budget that, but you have a way to keep your truck charged or your yeah. car charged, then it's fine. I just bring my fleet of hamsters, buddy. Yeah. I'm on their little wheels the way, way they go. Yeehaw. Uh-huh. They'll freeze in minus 10, though. Not if they're working. <laughs> all right, man. Well, thanks all for right. joining. Everybody, thanks for joining us for another episode of ask semi semi knowledgeable graham thanks for being semi knowledgeable and we'll see you on episode 2.0